0: being a dad doesn't mean you have to have a dad bod in fact the best dads i know are fit healthy and actively involved in their kids lives today's guest is going to give you some keys to living a healthy life as a parent and you're going to hear us talk a lot about what that means as your kids continue to get older welcome to the evolve podcast evolve your body evolve your mind evolve your soul and evolve your tribe And now it's time to disrupt and with that folks i want to welcome you to another episode of the evolve podcast my co-host is taking the day off he had hip surgery so we want to wish him well and guys i'm really fortunate today to be joined by a very special guest You know, there are a few people when I get into the health and fitness business that I can look back on and say that person was a mentor, that person taught me something that no one else did. Uh, And today's guest is one of those few people that uh, taught me quite a bit about the business of health and fitness. And I think one of the things that I learned early on from uh, today's guest was it's not just about understanding the business of health and fitness, but it's living it. Uh, What does it mean to actually be in health and fitness and to live a healthy lifestyle? Jeff Stokes, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Hey, Steve, I appreciate it. Look, I've had this uh, uh, circled on my calendar for a while and uh, really excited. You know, you and I have a uh, long history of working together and uh, it'll just be a natural conversation, but just really excited to join your show today.
0: Yeah, so great to have you. So for our our, uh, listeners, uh, tell them a little bit about you and what are you doing right now?
1: Yeah, look, it's uh, been quite the journey, but I'm one of those uh, individuals that, found something that I'm very passionate about right out of college. And it probably started even, you know, in high school and in my youth uh, and have never looked back. And so it's hard to even say this number 30 years. I always say 25 to kind of trick people that I'm not that old, but it's (laughs) It's been 30 years I've been in this fitness space uh, and uh, have just been very blessed with working with some incredible brands. Um, You know, right out of college, I fell into... Uh, a, a company that at that time was really the company to work for in the fitness space in the late 80s and early 90s. And we both uh, know this individual, Don Waldman. So I worked yeah, with U.S. Yeah. Uh, health and Tennis, right, which was Bally's and Holiday Spas and Jacqueline. Lane. But I actually worked for Holiday Spas back in the Washington, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area that eventually became Bally's. Uh, and so just a great great uh, experience you know, coming out of college, knowing nothing about the industry. They had great training programs. Uh, look, we both work for Lifetime Fitness, another just blue blood in this industry. Uh, I got a chance to work really uh, side by side with Baram at the early stages when he was building this vision of healthy destinations across the across the globe. Um, I've also worked with Chuck and Dave, the founders of Anytime Fitness. Uh, another brilliant uh, uh, couple founders, and then now with with Anthony uh, Geisler here at Exponential Fitness, uh, arguably the largest uh, boutique fitness franchisor in the world with 2,600 locations. And so I look back at that history, Steve, and you know, I'm just truly blessed to work with mentors myself, like folks that have really helped me guide and learn and evolve into the leader I am today. Uh, as all those different entities were growing at different stages, right? And so, uh, so yeah, I'm the president of Stride Fitness, which is one of the 10 brands uh, at Expo. We're publicly traded. I got to ring the bell last summer, uh, New York Stock Exchange, which very was cool. a bucket list.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: and cool. now I am the president of the emerging brand, one of the smaller brands in the portfolio, which we feel has got some really uh, big expectations uh, over the next few years now that kind of the global pandemic is uh, in our past. So, uh, yeah, I'm out in Southern California and uh, can't can't argue about that.
0: It's amazing that, you know, before we jumped on the air, you were talking about how you fell into this business. And I think uh, many people do. We we find something about the business that attracts us and then we fall into it. And then we look back and say wow it's been a really long time uh cool people that we meet along the way really interesting mentors you mentioned don wildman i had an opportunity to meet don in the later stages of life uh and you know god rest his soul he passed away a few years ago from cancer but uh, probably six to nine months before he passed away we were sitting on a bike uh next to each other in the gym he was rehabbing something to do with his knee and i had a hip issue or whatever it was right and Don taught me something that I will stick with me for the rest of my life. Here's a guy who had competed in so many different triathlons and was fit throughout his entire life. I mean, he was so proud that in his seventies and eighties, he would tear his shirt off and he was one of the most ripped guys in the room. And I said, Don, how do you do it? What is it? What's your secret? And he said, Steve, it really boils down to, I will work as hard as I can today but not so hard to where it makes me so sore that I can't do it the next day. And that changed my life. I don't have rest days now. I don't, I don't take a day off from being active because of what he told me. And that has completely changed my mindset. What's something, uh, Jeff, as you've been through this uh, career and you've met a lot of these really fascinating people, what are some of the keys that you've learned over the years?
1: Yeah, look, I, before, I want to do a quick Don uh, story because he made an impact <laughs> on me early as well. Um, there is no shortage and,
0: and, and, of Don stories for anybody that knows. Yeah, so. look, and yeah. look.
1: I've actually got the, back then, you actually had help wanted ads in the newspaper, right? And so yeah. I have the help wanted ad that I oh, look at uh, that. responded to that caught my attention for U.S. health and tennis back then. And it said, if you are a motivated sales pro or have a background in sports and fitness and are looking to move into management, we need each other. With our rapid advancement, we offer you the ability to control your own destiny based on your own talent and ability. And so that caught my attention because I'm like, "Hmm, I'm kind of like a sales marketing guy. I'm a sports and fitness guy. had no idea that that would lead me down the path of a 30-year career in the health and fitness industry. And Don wasn't the person I interviewed with. I was fortunate enough to meet him in person uh later on in my career. And the one claim to fame is he dressed up as the energizer bunny for our company Halloween party in Vegas one year. All well, the top amazing. performers he flew out to to Vegas. And that was probably the perfect costume for him, the energizer yes. bunny. Yeah. Here's a guy that did Iron Man's in his 70. And to your point, take off his shirt and had ripped abs and a bicep that you die for yep. uh, and just an incredible mentor. It probably made the same impression on me as well that, look, if you're in this business, you really need to be a role model that, that uh, you know, walks the walk. And so uh, I had to share that with you because I pulled this up today. I still have the Help Wanted ad that got me started in this industry.
0: That's so um, cool.
1: So, so long ago. And you know it started really with my parents to be honest i mean i grew up in a very small town back in the east coast and i look back like why 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 have i created these habits over the years and some yes you know it's it's you personally but i really thank my parents for getting me involved and not only sports because that was really my dna in my youth i really enjoyed them i see now the value of sports for kids um but it's also lifelong sports, like things like snow skiing. Snowboarding wasn't around at that point. Yeah. Um, uh, water skiing and, and wakeboarding, and things that you can do with your buddies or your friends when you're in your 50s and 60s and 70s, which I still do. And so I look back and I say, man, they probably didn't know it, but they were creating some DNA that has just guided me through my entire life as a dad, as a husband, as a president of a brand. And it really is centered around just make healthy living an important part of your day, right? And, and never go a day without doing something that's part of that. And so I'll share with you, you know, some five tips I think that'll help people that maybe are struggling to, to create those healthy habits. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just really been a core of, of who I am that started back in my youth. And now being a dad, I see how that influences my kids. Um, I've got uh, two younger kids, a 12-year-old and a 15-year-old, and I've got an older son. And I talk to him quite often about, you know, what are some of the things that have helped you through your career? And he'll mention, you know, sports. He played hockey and how disciplined that made him be. He talks about how it's important to stay healthy like my dad because we would do things That's like cool. go on hikes and bike rides and so I think there's a really important role that we play as parents that start early on in life that help our kids develop into you know just really good healthy uh, adults
0: yeah I want to tap into the uh the, the parent-child relationship but I, while we're on the subject of Don I have to tell this story so that same uh day while we're sitting there on the bike and we just had some time to kill I said hey uh I, I watched you when you were on shark tank and don had an opportunity uh to get a kid a the local utah kid on shark tank to help push his product don said look let's go on there i'll help you push your product uh, at the at a certain point when the sharks figured out who don was they're like well you're a shark like you have the same type of money we have what are you guys what are you doing here it's a hilarious episode but What the uh, what the episode doesn't say is that when Don finished up, I mean, Barbara Cochran fell in love with this guy because here he is flexing. You talked about the bicep. He said, Well, I didn't tell Barbara at the time that I was married because I was trying to (laughs) close the deal. And so she came up and grabbed my ass afterwards. And, and then I pulled out the picture and showed her what my wife looked like. And uh, he goes, we are already done the deal. So it was good. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw that episode too. And it was, it was fantastic. Uh, uh, it, it is uh, it, we don't even do it justice. You have to watch that episode live and uh, he is quite the character And when they find yeah. out his background and his, 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 his you know, his uh, wealth um, it, it turned the conversation a little bit, but it was really more to help this younger yeah. uh, fellow to uh, to sell his brand. So, but he became uh, great, great, a shark. Great, great
0: yeah, he became a yeah. shark in that show because he said, I'll put money in if you guys do. So the way they did the deal, uh, if, if you guys have not seen the episode, uh, I believe it was called Hand Out Gloves and look up the episode where it talks about a triathlete, uh, you know, comes on Shark Tank or something like that. I can't remember exactly how they did it, but it's a hilarious episode. You mentioned uh, growing up, Jeff, that your parents had gotten you involved in sports and that really set things for your life. I can resonate with that because my parents did the same thing. But also growing up where I did, I had an opportunity to be so close to outdoor activities, Uh, water skiing, skiing, hiking, climbing. All of these things were literally in my backyard. And so it became this hand in glove fit that I think set me up for life. Um, you're, You're talking about your oldest son who's 30 years old now. Is that right? Yep. And when he takes his shirt off, it's not just somebody in the uh, in the bathroom uh, that sees him. There's there's millions of people that see him now, right? So he's he's got to look a yeah. certain way. So when he says, "Hey, I want to be fit like my dad," um, you know, that's a that's a great compliment. But talk a little bit about how what you learned from your parents translated into what you taught your kids
1: yeah and look back then i talk like i'm like my 80s or something but there really wasn't <laughs> right the structured travel you know teams there really wasn't the sports specific is it, it, the things that that my kids now have available to them versus you know when i was coming up uh night and day difference but with that being said and, and my parents weren't members of health clubs right so health club mm. Being a regular user and going to the gym wasn't in my DNA. I didn't see my parents doing that. But I always saw my parents being active, right? I always saw them. My dad was a coach. My dad was also went skiing with us. He went water skiing with us. And he went for bike rides with me. And so all those little things, whether he knew it or not, he was really creating that healthy habits, those healthy habits for me early on. And so I just duplicated what I saw. So I am now a coach for my kids. I now take them skiing. I now take them, you know, surfing or mountain biking or whatever it might be. And I don't let age become a factor. I just do what my body allows me to do. And I'm active as much as I am active. That's a great point. I I also know my limits now. So as I've gotten older, (laughs) I I make sure that it's more about the longevity and doing activities that keep me in shape, but not necessarily I'm going to be the fittest in the room, right? Right. And so I think those are the little things as parents. And, you know, kind of a good transition into these five things that, that I've kind of taken with me over the years. And, and the first one really, Steve, has nothing to do with fitness. It's about creating a good habit and creating good daily habits. And you'll hear this in a lot of leadership training, a lot of military folks talk about this all the time. But I I had to make my bed every day from as long as I know maybe second, third grade. And so I start with that. Like the first tip is, it, it, it's the first win of the day. And I talk about, uh, as a business coach, about winning the day, right? To win the week, to win the month, win the year. You gotta break it down into simple, small victories. And so making the bed, which I make my kids do every day, is a checklist, right? I got yeah. it done, I feel accomplished. And look, let's face it, it's nothing better than to get in a bed at night that has been made and sleeping and quality sleep is part of healthy living as well. So there's probably some common denominators there. But number one is just a simple task that you can do in the morning that will lead to other simple tasks and other victories. Um, and and, and I, I see that becoming habit forming. The second is movement in the morning. Right. Yeah, so making your bid is not going to get you in shape. Right. But it is going to get you in the mindset of, all right, I'm going to I'm going to win this day. And so I've always been a, a person that needs to work out in the morning. Right. I need the blood flow. I need something that gets my day going. And if you can't get to the gym, your schedule doesn't allow you. Look, that might just be doing some jumping jacks. That might be doing some sit ups and push ups that might be going for a walk. Um, doing something that gets your body and your brain functioning and your blood flow going in the morning after you make your bed. Guess what? Now you feel like I can conquer this day. I can take on any obstacle or any challenge I get because you're feeling better about yourself, right? So, so those two, and you might want to comment here, Steve, and, and maybe things that you do as well. But you know, yeah, so I feel let's, like that morning let's go there. routine is critical.
0: It really is. And and I want to talk about the the first one. I mean, winning the day, creating that, that momentum is is critical, right? Um, making the bed, I know, is a really common one for me. I, I found that because I get up so early, I don't make my bed because my wife is still in it. I think she'd be upset if I did. But I have to win the day in the same way where I'll get up. And the first thing I do is my hand goes directly to my book that I read every single day, and it's a new book depending on you know where I'm at or what I'm what I'm focused on. Yeah. But um, you know, right now I'm reading uh, James P. Kars' book on finite and infinite games. That's the philosophy book that I want to read. I want to learn more about game theory. It's fascinating to me, right? But I win the day by doing that before I do anything else. And I, what happened at the beginning of this particular routine that I'm doing? So my alarm goes off at four o'clock. I'm up. I get out of bed. I walk over to the or walk out of the room. I go to the chair where I read. My hand goes on the book. And for the longest time, there was that little liar in the back of my head that would say, "Well, it's probably a rest day. It's probably a day where you could sleep in. You could you could spend five more minutes in the bed." And about two to three months into this process that voice completely died. I never hear it anymore. I don't, there, there's nothing fighting against me. And that feeling is part of this ongoing evolution that happens on a day-to-day basis. Now I've won the day and it just gets me going. I'm also a big fan of what you were talking about. I wanna talk more about the movement in the morning. Some people say, well, I, I'm, I work out better in the evening and that's fine, that, that might be true. But there is a significant amount of science that shows that even if it's just doing a few things, doing a few stretches, doing some uh, push ups, doing something, going for a walk, it's going to prime your body to prep you for whatever it is that you're doing. Let's talk for just a second though, because uh, Jeff, this, these two things, they're critical, but I also know over the years you've traveled, you lived a lot of different places, but you've traveled a lot with your roles and responsibilities. So how do you get your movement in if you're on the road?
1: Yeah, no, that's great. And look, I'd be lying if I said that i made every single bed that I've slept in, because there's also <laughs> there a go. fun part about a hotel. Yes. I, I tend to be a little bit messier when I travel because I don't have to clean it up. But I still do like I still believe in that philosophy where I will clean up the room, clean up the bed space and I will exercise. Right. I will try to find whether it's in the hotel um, fitness center, whether it's a local gym. I like to shop and go around and and visit other brands. Um, I might go out for a walk or a run. I'm going to do something. I'm going to build it into my day. So whether I am in Europe or I am in Brazil or I am in Miami or Salt Lake City. I am in that same habit. And I also try to get on that time zone as quick as possible so that you can play tricks with your mind, which is one of the other things I want to talk about, train your brain to remember how you feel when you're done so that you, you, you can trick your brain into, you know, those rainy days or those cold days, still get it done. And we'll come back to that one. But, but yeah, Steve, great question. Like I think it's consistency and it's after you've created that habit I feel a little cloudy and there's days where if I don't get some type of movement and it's not 100 percent, I feel cloudy. Like, so I know that I'm not going to be as productive and I'm not going to be as dynamic if I don't get that morning routine accomplished. I do not win the morning.
0: Yeah. And I love what you're talking about. It's not necessarily an all or nothing mentality, because you're not saying, hey, I've got to get up. And if I'm, uh, you know, in Florida, or if I'm in Europe, I've got to get my uh, 10 sets of 10 in, I have to get my, you know, whatever it is, but it's just movement. If you're moving every single day, you're priming your body, you're priming your brain for that overall success. So I love it. Have that habit of winning the day and then go towards movement. What's the third tip, Jeff?
1: So the other one for me uh, might be a little old school. There's technology now that, you know, you don't have to write it down. But for me, it's write it down, put it in your schedule. So my staff right now could go on my Google calendar and they know when Jeff is planning to work out for the entire week, Mm. right? And I mentally and visually see it every day as well. And so I like to do it again, as I shared in the morning. But if I can, if I got an early morning or something's going on with my family, I'll look to do an afternoon class or I'll look to do an afternoon walk, run. Um, And so I put it in the schedule because what we see, what we visualize, we do. And so I'm a big fan of to-do lists, almost too bad where I've got to-do lists for to-do lists. But (laughs) I like visualization and I like to know how my day is gonna be uh, set up and and exercise is part of that. So if I've got an executive meeting with the executive team of Expo, That's in my calendar. And it's just as important as my 45 minute class at stride in that day. Right. And so it's the priority and how you schedule your time. We're all given the same 24 hours. That's what always kind of um, scratches my head is, you know, everybody gets the same 24 hours. But how do some get so much more out of that 24 hour window where others are complaining about I don't have enough time? And I hate that analogy. You, you just got to find how to make time. And yeah. so that's number three for me. Um, you know, The, mo- the most the successful
0: people really do write it all down, right? The most successful people I've ever seen and those that stay fit while they're doing uh, it, the rest of life, business, work, uh, or excuse me, business, family they do write it down and they schedule it in and it becomes a priority. This is something I remember uh, back when you and I were working together and you were my boss and my mentor, um, you were at the gym every morning and it was in your calendar. Even You would travel to Salt Lake City. It was in the calendar. Sometimes we're working out together um, and sometimes we're, we're doing a better workout together where we're actually out on the mountain and skiing, right? Um, yeah, yeah. But it was always in the calendar And it's something that if you put it in the calendar, you're going to accomplish it. And so I love that. So number three, make sure it's written down, make sure it's in the calendar. All right, so we're talking the five keys to living a healthy life as a parent. What's number four?
1: Number four, train your brain to remember how you feel when you finish your workout. Right. And so they always say that the biggest wins are the days when you don't want to do something and you're able to overcome that internal conversation that you're having with yourself. Look, we talk to ourselves a lot more than we talk to anybody else. Right. So if you can control that internal dialogue and look, it's still to this day, I've created the habits and I appreciate you bringing it up, Steve, because we worked together, what, 15 years together, 15 years ago? Yeah, right? maybe and I still 15, today, my staff time. can go in my calendar. Yeah, 15, 20. I, my staff can go in my calendar and they know that Jeff is going to be at stride or Jeff's going to be doing yoga or Jeff's going to be running. Right. And so I've created that habit that has lasted for a long time now. And so not every day do I want to get up. Not yeah. every day do I want to get out of bed. Not every day do I want to go work out. What I have trained my brain to say is and, you know, you're going to feel so much better when you finish. You've just got to get past this five minutes of negativity or this five minutes of kind of mental blockage. And your day is going to be so much more productive. You know, you're going to feel great when you leave. Just do it. Right. And so enough times of you training your brain to say that internally, the more you're going to create healthy habits. And so the, the internal self-talk is big. Uh, and and you're on your way to really creating lifelong healthy habits if you can manage what's between your ears.
0: I love that you talk about train yourself to understand what's going to happen at the end. We don't do that enough, especially in our day and age where we are so quick to jump to whatever the next thing that's right in front of us is. I think that there was something uh, that came out uh, probably three or four years ago that said that the average human being, especially in uh, Western society, are attention span has gone down to about eight seconds, which matches up with uh, with the majority of what social media video clips is out there. Um, so we just, we're, we're not thinking about the end result of whatever it is we're doing. We're not thinking that, hey, yes, I could go eat a, a two or three donuts, but what's the end result of how am I going to feel? Yes, I could skip the workout, but how will I feel later? I had, a, I had a conversation recently with a couple of people at work where one of the guys looks at me and he says, well, you, you eat well, uh, regularly. And I said, yeah, I, I eat great food, but I also pay attention to how it makes me feel. And he says, well, how do you stay away from it? I can't remember what it was. And I said, you know, I enjoy that food. Don't get me wrong, but I feel horrible after I eat it. And so I remember what it feels like. I sit in the garbage, of that that bloated feeling as soon as it's done. But I also sit in the positivity of what it feels like to eat the food that works for my body. So I'm, I'm with you 100% on train your brain to understand what it feels like when you finish. I mean, is there anything better in life than that feeling that you get at the end of a workout, the end of a training session, right?
1: Look, and that is the multi, probably billion-dollar opportunity in our industry. Is can you package that feeling? Yeah. So that yeah. people can 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 just know that you get through that workout, you get through three, five, six of them, and you see the benefits of how you feel. That's the value of our industry. That's the value of healthy living, right there. You you bottle up that that mental um, uh, feeling the re- in reducing or the, um, the release of endorphins and just feeling good, right. Feeling that sense of, wow, you know, I sweat, I, I, I just feel healthy. I feel good. And, um, I've tricked my brain to kind of talk me out of many mornings where I'm like, and I look, I still do it. Everybody does. I, it's not where every single day, I'm able to overcome that. Right. And so I think people need to be uh, aware that this is a journey. There's going to be wins. There's going to be yep. challenges, uh, but you're really in it for the long haul to, to to be healthy, right? And it's it's the choices we make every single day of, you know, I haven't talked a lot on the nutrition side, but yeah, what we put in our body, how we sleep, how we move, the stress, how you deal with stress. Everyone has stress. It's how you manage it. That really is uh, the key. And so there's a lot of components that uh, probably a whole nother podcast of, you know, how to, to live healthy.
0: yeah. Yeah. But it's I I think that that end result, right? It's how do you feel at the end of this? And the other thing I would I love when you talk about write it down, put it in your schedule. I'm a big fan of writing down how you feel on a day to day basis after you're finished, because like you said before, when it's visual visual, uh, your body resonates with it more. Your mind will will uh, you know come back to that over and over again. I look back on some of my. Uh, writings and my journaling of like what was going on at certain points in my life and the times where I was not as consistent with my health and fitness, I wasn't exercising every single day. I can point back and say, I wasn't a great father during those times. I was too reactive. I was too lazy. I, you know, they would say, Hey dad, can we go do this? And I'd find excuses to not do it. Or, um, you know, my son or my daughter would do something and I would react very quickly in a negative way. I don't do that when i'm working out on a regular basis it just completely changes things for me and so i think it's important to realize for our listeners that when we're talking about how this affects you as a parent it's not just this immediate impact that you get post-workout but it's what does that then lead you to do and to be as a parent all right jeff so we've got
1: i was going to say something real quick because this is another benefit of being in this space for so long is I've watched it evolve into uh, what it is today, which is, you know, more of the health benefits, right? Cardiovascular health and stress management and aging and living longer and all these things now where there is data and there is science backing to it. But look, I'll be honest, when I started, it was all about vanity. It was all about how you look and you were in there to try to look your best, right? And maybe that's still the same when you're in your 20s. But as you go through different stages of life, that shifts, right? You still want to look good and feel good and self-confident. But it's really about the health benefits. It's really about me being able to go out and go for a bike ride with my son. It's Last night, I, I helped coach a travel baseball team out here. I probably threw 150 pitches. That's and awesome. one of the coaches is 20 years my minor. And he's like, dude, how do you do that? And I'm like, well, it's part of what I want to do. I want to be in shape and good enough shape so that I can be a good coach. To your point, right? It's things that help you be a better parent. And but when I started, look, values was all about vanity.
0: Yeah. And yeah.
1: Uh, and I've loved to see that it's more about the health benefits and that what what this industry and what this you know healthy living space is about. Uh, and I couldn't agree with you more. Like I'm a much better dad when I am in, 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 uh, when I'm, when I'm, you know, on a regular routine.
0: Yeah. And you're not, I mean, we talk uh, a lot in our society about how kids are getting raised by their phones or devices, right? So parents are not parenting. And I think part of that is because you have these parents out there that are not healthy. They're not active. And so if you can't go out and throw 150 pitches with your son, what are you doing? Well, you're either at home or you're sitting on the sidelines or you got your phone your head buried in your phone and that's what the kids see and so over time they then follow with that same example so i mean just there there are numerous benefits that we could go on and on about with this ability to be um, you know to to understand that when you're training how do you feel when you're finished but then what does that look like down the road All right, Jeff. So we've got the first one is create that habit to win the day. The second one is get moving in the morning, write it down and schedule it. Make sure that you have it in your calendar. The fourth one is train your brain so that you understand how you feel when you finish. What's the fifth tip?
1: So the fifth ironically is going to be a great transition to what we just talked about and make it a family event, right? Mm, I feel like this is uh, so important, right? We're yeah. so busy. You know, my wife works too. My, my wife is a school psychologist. Uh, and so she's got her career. And, um, and so we're always balancing activities and, 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 and events and, and just busy, right. Which is a good thing, yep. but we make an effort it's in the calendar, right? It's written down. We might look at two months in advance. So, you know, maybe we're going to do a ski trip or we're going to go to the beach, but it's, it's in our plan and it's part of our core of, of our family. So hiking, biking, walking, like those three don't require money, yes, to get a bike, but a lot of it is just being outdoors. You live in beautiful Utah, right? I live in Southern California. So wherever you live, like there's just the opportunity to get outside and spend time with your kids because as a parent today, and I had this conversation with my dad, like he just doesn't understand. We are at battle with technology every day as a parent to get our kids off of video games or off of their phone or off social media is such a struggle. And we see how it impacts their brains. I know if somehow my son sneaks on his phone in the morning before school, he's in a different mood, right? right? There might be something that just gets him the wrong way on social media. Uh, maybe it's something that a friend said, right? There's just social bullying is a real thing, and so it's incredibly challenging as a parent this day and age to battle against that, right? It, it's easier said than done to just take the phone away. Look, I, I've I've seen meltdowns when I do that, yeah, um, yeah. and so. We just balance it in, and we we explain how important it is outside of their sports and their team activities. My daughter is uh, does classical ballet, and my son plays baseball and some other sports, and so we keep them active there. But lifetime sports, right? I go back to the skiing and the um, uh, you know anything horseback riding or just things that they can do as they become adults, because eventually team sports are gonna go away, you can still do it as an adult, and and hopefully they will, but the the opportunities are less. And so you wanna kind of weave in a lot of different things. Like I invested in a ping pong table for our garage because it's competitive, it's fun. I see the other kids that come over and they wanna challenge me. And so we have ping pong tournaments in our garage. And so there's just ways to weave, you know, this healthy living mindset into your day-to-day life as a parent and make it a family event like just really uh you know get your kids excited about it it's something my wife and i talk about all the time now it's tough to get my oldest because of his current career as an actor to to travel with us and do vacations but he did all the way through his early 20s right he wanted to be uh partake because they would be fun vacations you know we did surfing trips and skiing trips um but my wife and I talk about how can we keep our kids wanting to do things with us as they get older, and that's something you and I talked about, Steve, uh, off the podcast. And it's really fun activities, right? If they're going to go on vacation with us, it's probably going to have to be a fun ski trip, or it's going to have to be maybe a beach trip where they can, you know, we can go do some fun stuff. Uh, but it's all going to be around activity. Yeah, and right? I think at yeah. the end of this, this number five for me. It's it's always going to be around some type of activity that's part of that vacation, and even if it's day to day life, it's going to be weaved into their their brain whether they know it or not. It's subconsciously kind of being embedded into their brains early in life.
0: Well, you'd wrap. So if you're a parent, if you're a father or a mother, this is the other part of you that you just you have to work in, right? If you're a person that just says, "I go to the gym, I work out, I go for long runs," I mean, I know a lot of people that they get involved in marathon running or triathlons, or and those are very solo sports. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but if there's not this other aspect to you where your tribe, the pers- the, the group of people that you are closest with, your family, if they're not involved in what you're doing, It makes that healthy living so much more difficult. Like you, our activities uh, that we do as a family revolve primarily around getting out and doing things together, whether we're skiing. We're wakeboarding we're going paddleboarding in the summertime i mean we will we'll try anything right i mean there's there yeah. we've got a ping pong table down in the basement uh so i i can i can resonate with that as i hear my kids down there yelling and screaming at each other and their friends um you know we're the place to compete i had a really cool experience recently where um my sister-in-law she said to me hey um my daughter was saying this is my niece uh said to me I I yelled at her because she punched her brother who's older than her right so she said she punched her brother and her brother's like ow that hurt and I had to look at her and I said Esther you don't know how hard you hit and you got to stop hitting your brother and stop hitting people so hard and she looked at her mom and said but mom I've been training my whole life for this Uncle Steve makes me do push-ups and he teaches me how to punch because he says I got to be ready for this stuff in life and so you know and So here's, here's a niece that when we go on a hike as a family and I'll say, Hey, who wants to come? She's the first one there. When I say, Hey, you want to drop down and and do a push up challenge? She's the first one to jump in. But this becomes part of the identity, right? This becomes part of the culture of who you are. And I think Jeff, when you talked about, um, you know, number three, that you've got to write it down and you've got to schedule it. You don't have people arguing with you about that. It's in your calendar. It's just part of who you are if this is part of what your family does this is part of who you are nobody questions that right if who you are is this person that does health and fitness it's like yeah we accept that right so you run into less of those like you said we we, I'm, i'm like you there are days where i think to myself i don't want to go to the gym i'm tired i don't want to eat this food uh you know the donut sounds better but it's a lot easier to do when our identity and our tribe and the things we do on a day-to-day basis are wrapped into this.
1: Yeah, I can't recall what book it was that I read uh, early in my career, but it was about uh, the days that you go out on a run and it's raining are the mm-hmm. days that help you create the habit. The yeah. sunny days and the beautiful weather, easy days. the brain's saying, oh, this is great. Yeah. But it's when you overcome obstacles and those challenges in your journey, and you're always going to have, have those obstacles. You're always going to have the that negativity, those thoughts, in, internally, it's overcoming more than less, right? And so uh, that always stuck with me because we all know, like, if it, especially if you grow up in Utah, I grew up in Maryland, it's cold. Like we have winters, not as yeah. not as difficult out here in Southern California. I won't lie, yeah, but it's still. Right. The brain will play tricks on you. It'll say, Oh, it's a little chilly today, or it's windy today, or Oh, my God, it's, it's raining, right? Get your butt out of bed. Go do something active, win the day, start off with positivity, and, uh, and movement. And you're going to be a lot more successful with checking off a lot more boxes uh, in your career.
0: Yeah, I love this. And this is this is core to your overall leadership belief. This is this is you as a leader as a father, but this is you as a leader in businesses. And this is something that you've had for a long time. It's these, these foundational principles, there's nothing new here that uh, as far as I'm concerned that you taught me, you know, way back when this is how you've lived your life. And so I think there's a lot of authenticity to it. But there's a lot of uh, simplicity that makes your leadership easy to follow. that was one of the things I learned early on from you was if you're going to be a great leader, you've got to be easy to follow people have to uh, see what you're doing and they have to say, Oh, that's exactly what I need to do. Right. And, and so this, as you're speaking to groups, as you're consulting, or you're working with your team, um, at, at uh, in your company, these are all foundational principles that you live and teach in the business, right?
1: Yeah, look, I, I'm still a strong believer of keeping it simple. Uh, this day and age, there's just so much white noise. I mean, our brains are so distorted with so many messages and you know, so many different type of leadership books. And, and again, you got to keep adding to your, your knowledge base. But I like to keep it simple. Um, I like to, to hire folks that are very driven and, and passionate about the space. So I know that on a tough day, They still feel good about the brand or the product or the company that they're working for, and you know, Steve, I'm a true believer in you know hiring somebody that's that's intelligent and smart and don't be um, you know the type of leader that that is uh, lets ego get in the way. I want those people to run like I want them to do their thing, feel strong, focus on their strengths, uh, and really just grow as a person. Like that's another thing too is is really managing a person not a process. Right. right. And so right. we're all yep. have different, you know, uh, things that motivate us. And, you know, to me, it's, it's building relationships and, and um, bringing value, right. Just bringing the value. And one of my other ones, you'll probably laugh at this is, and this is probably a Mike Brown. I took this one from Mike Brown, yeah. one of our mentors back in the day. Old, and old that skill is
0: lifetime it, reference. Yep, you got to yep.
1: make a lot more deposits before you can take out those withdrawals. Right. You yeah. got to have money in yep. the bank before you can take those withdrawals. And so I tell my team all the time, uh, especially in franchising, we have to make deposits to our franchisees, support them, train them, uh, support them, train them over and over. Because there's going to be times we're going to ask for those withdrawals, for them to you know, make a change or to follow a system that might be a little bit new to them. And whether it's in relationships or whether it's in business or even as a parent, Right, we've got to make those deposits for my my twelve year old to want to go out and go on a, a bike ride with me. I have to make those deposits for him to to feel good about that. Yeah. And so pretty common themes uh, in life that that still work for me over these years uh, is uh, keep it simple, you know, and uh, make plenty of deposits. So when you have to make those withdrawals, there's no resistance.
0: Why, why do you think people overcomplicate? And and I don't I don't disagree that it, you know reading books is probably an important thing. I, I think I've become less passionate about that over the years because I find that experience teaches me more than any book could. But why do you think people make it more complicated when they get into a leadership position?
1: Maybe it's just it's just the lack of experience, right? I think the more that you experience. Challenges and you overcome them, you become much more confident. Right. And so I've also been one, and this is probably just part of my DNA. It's either a good thing or a bad thing, but I don't really show a lot of emotion. I don't get too high with the highs, too low with the lows. Um, And so I know my team knows that they're going to get pretty even keel, uh, Jeff, day in, day out. And we might be crushing it. And I'm going to be complimentary and we might be struggling and I'm going to be like, all right. We've just got to get better than yesterday. Right. And so I think it's how you approach things and and not get too high with the highs, too low with the lows. Uh, and then our kids see that as well. Right. Yeah. And so as our kids start overcoming adversity and start, you know, um, failing and having to overcome that, that is going to build their their DNA as well. And kind of circle right back. That's why I feel like the core healthy living foundation helps them understand that. Yeah. They're going to have, you know, some days where they're just not feeling it, uh, but, but they can go back to the gym or go out for a walk and, and, and feel better the next day.
0: There's something to be said about this five step or these five keys that just create consistency. And I think back to, um, you know, your leadership. And you're right. I didn't experience anything where it was a high, high or a low, low with you. Uh, And I remember, you know, tough situations that we were having to deal with. And I remember, uh, you know, the, the fun times, the winning times, but it was pretty much the same person that showed up every single day. I, I want to go to the time piece, Jeff, you mentioned before, um, you know, this idea of time and people oftentimes will say they don't have the time to exercise or, or, oh, I don't have the time to do these five things that you're talking about. Why do you think that's such a common excuse?
1: Because they probably haven't achieved that. They they haven't been able to to really manage their time or time management hasn't been a strong set. And so... I knew for me that I needed to just write things down and be organized. My brain needs to work that way. Um, I'm a little off if I don't start the day with a plan. And yes, every day, even the weekends, my wife, if she was on this call, I drive her nuts. I have my schedule for Saturdays and Sundays. It's not like just because it's the weekend, it's free time. I want to maximize my weekends with my kids, with my wife, with individual stuff, right? And so I've got it mapped out when the time I wake up, To the time I go to bed on, on the weekends. And so maybe a little over the top, not everybody has to to be that crazy about, you know, their time management, but I do, it helps me, right. It really helps me manage my brain and manage uh, my schedule. And I always thought of this. You look at Brom back in the day, even now, like running a multi, you know, billion dollar valuation company and he still teaches a cycle class. He'll still go in and play tennis or now his favorite, um, He's doing
0: pickleball, isn't he? Um,
1: pickleball, pickleball. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And so I, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, like he he really is another great example, a mentor that we both work with that that walks the walk. And, you know, there's some executives in this industry that that don't see that need of being able to see your product from the consumer point of view. Yep. But I talk about this, Steve, all the time to my franchisees. You've got to see your business from the MPV, yep. members point of view. And how do you do that? you get on the treadmill right next to them and you sweat your butt off just like them. Like you need to be vulnerable. You need to put the ego out the window. You don't need to be the fittest person because you're the president of the brand, but you should at least show that, that you believe in it. And so, yeah, yeah, like it's just, it's part of the business of seeing it from the member's point of view and, uh, and just living it, eating it and breathing it.
0: I think the time management piece uh it is really important i agree with you and i also think that there there is that vulnerability piece because if somebody has not been consistent with these tips on a regular basis and health and fitness has not been a cornerstone of their life um it's easier to just say i don't have the time than it is to actually dig in and say no i do have 20 minutes i do have 30 minutes i could commit to this because it's it's uncomfortable when you get started, you know. I mean, let's face it: you're sweating, you're 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 breathing hard, you're sore the next day if you haven't been doing it for a while. There's a vulnerability that comes with that, where people have to push through those uncomfortable times. Um, I want to come back to this: the the idea that we still um, and you, you mentioned before you've been in the business about thirty years, right? I think I'm coming up on about uh, twenty five years and. It's, there are days where there are things that are challenging. So on the days where it's challenging to get yourself to move, it's challenging to get yourself to, to, uh, you know, live these five key, uh, tips or principles, what do you do to overcome that? What are, what, what's your process look like?
1: Yeah, I think one is be kind to yourself, right? You have that internal talk and, and know that listen to your body. Like there are times your body is telling you 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 might be too sore, right? Yeah. Or you may have yeah. injured something, and that's the big piece, right? You need to listen to your body. You know, not everybody can be a David Goggins. I don't know if you know who that yeah. is, the oh, yeah. the fittest guy on the planet. runs you know crazy I've met him in person he's he's a different cat and he's a an ex-navy seal right so I think they think a little bit differently about life tapes up his feet even though they're broken
0: right I mean he'll still run oh my god some of the stories for that guy yeah
1: the book's incredible the the podcast um but but my point is he's overcome like you don't need to do that right you don't need to hurt your body you don't need to uh you know uh just listen to your body and be kind to yourself. So if it is a day that you take off, maybe you do something else. And I've talked a lot about walking because I've learned that the walking can be therapeutic for me now. Yeah, like I used same. to be like, God, if I'm walking, I'm not getting any benefits here. I, I need to be running. Why am I walking? Yeah. But my brain has allowed me to realize there's tremendous benefits to just a great walk, right? And so just be kind to yourself, understand that It's a journey. Uh, you know, it's a marathon versus a sprint. Uh, you want to stay healthy longer. It's not about being the fittest, uh, you know, and, and maybe some people that motivate some people. It doesn't for me anymore. It's really about just the longevity of being healthy uh, and being able to age gracefully over, over time. But be kind to yourself. I think that's a big one. Learn how to, you know, accept that that day is just not going to be uh, the day you're going get, to get to the gym, but just make that the minority. Like with that, I will say, if I get, if I start getting two or three or four of those days, I know, uh-oh, this is going to become a habit, right? Yeah. Not going yeah. is going to be easier than going. And so I break that habit. I break that streak so that then I can get back on another good streak. So I think a lot of it, Steve, is just moderation, be kind to yourself and keep working on the internal, you know, self-talk.
0: Yeah, I love that. Jeff, what's something in the last three years that uh, you've learned that excites you the most?
1: Hmm, Something that I've learned in the last three years, patience continues to be a virtue, right? And Hmm. so I've got... A twelve-year-old uh, that I think is going to either age me quickly or <laughs> the vice versa because uh, he's quite the challenge, right? And so nice. I like to say my oldest, pretty laid-back, old soul, very driven. Uh, obviously, has had great success in, in a very tough industry as an actor, um, and we'll still say that. Look, he, he, he has to. You know, find balance, and 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 the exercise component is critical for him. I've got my middle, my daughter again. Probably my personality very chill, laid back, goes with the flow. Um, you know, just not difficult. Although she's a 15 year old girl, so I'm dealing with that and social yeah. media. Yeah. My little guy, I'm getting my my money's <laughs> worth, right? So he's uh, he is uh, just always something new. He challenges me right now. It's mountain biking, which I'm great that it's, it's, it's something that's healthy, right? He will get pulled into, you know, video games and and his phone and it's a struggle to get him off and it's an all out brawl at at 12. So I'm like, geez, hope he doesn't get bigger and stronger and starts taking dad down when he's 16, 18, but just a fun kid. He actually turns 12 today. It's his birthday. Got to give him a shout out. Awesome. Um, but he's he just he, he is intrigued like he'll go from skateboarding to mountain biking. He loves baseball. That's his, his mainstay. Um, and then he'll be like, you know, dad, I, I want to do what, what's another one that recently just blew me away. He got into ping pong. So that's been great. Um, he just he, he's he's um, he's interested. Right. And, and by a lot of different things. And he's very strong willed. And uh, I'm getting getting my money's worth. So it's learn to be patient. Like I can't get him to change his mind. He's very stubborn. So I have to be patient with my approach. And that's challenged me, Steve. So I don't know if that was the answer you were looking for. Oh, that's but That great. was definitely challenged me. And I'll share a funny story because we were just talking about this uh, when he was really into skateboarding. You know, as a dad, you're like, ah, you know, I got some tricks. I used to skateboard back in the day. Well, I should not have gotten on a skateboard at this this stage of my career. But I did. And I pressed him for about 10 minutes. And then I did a split like no 50 plus year old guy should have done. And I and I really tore my hamstring really bad. I mean, it was black and purple. And to this day, it's kind of an inside joke that dad was out there trying to, you know, show off some skateboard tricks and basically broke his leg and that's the other thing know your limitations
0: yeah right right (laughs) and they do change as you get older
1: they do change I might not be doing double black diamonds when I go skiing this year but I'll still be out there and I'll be moving burning calories and being active and being a a role model for my kid it's just in moderation so it's okay I love that
0: yeah my son when he picked up skateboarding he says dad can you teach me a few tricks I'm like uh probably not I can, I can like show you the concept of it, but I don't think I could do anything that I did. And within like three months, that kid was better than what I ever was as a, uh, as a kid. So uh, yeah, I, I feel you on the patience piece though. That takes, uh, th- that's an ongoing virtue that I think we have to lean into. Um, Jeff, I mean, you're, you're, you're busy, you're running a company, um, you're speaking, you're doing a lot of different things, you're staying fit, um, but who's inspiring you right now?
1: You know, I will say my parents still inspire me. Um, you know, as we watch our our, um, our parents age, you know, we are still learning from them, right? They are yeah. still it's yeah. different stages in life, and so uh, you know, my dad still is uh, outdoors. He's an outdoorsman, he loves to to hunt and fish, and so what I've learned is uh, it's very therapeutic, right? Being outdoors in, in the wilderness and uh, even self time for him. So whether he knows it or not, he's still he's still a role model. He still motivates me. Um, and uh, I, I really, you know, watch them, you know, go for walks uh, and just being active. Right. They understand the benefits. Again, it's a different generation. It was never about going to the gym. Like part of my DNA is, you know, three, four five days a week. I'm, I'm at some type of gym or studio and I do outdoor stuff as well but it's a different way that they've kind of approached healthy living over the years. And so, so they are absolutely uh, role models and I admire, and and I'm also going to say, you know, my oldest son, you know, uh, going into an industry uh, where I was just, yeah, let's try it. You know, you don't really have a lot of experience. Um, he really wasn't that theater um, did plays. He just really fell into it uh, and, Has been persistent to make something happen, and um, and just very proud of of how he's handled, uh, you know, the first three years where he really wasn't getting any jobs, and still kept at it, and had that uh, persistence and and tenacity, and then now the last three years where he has actually landed uh, some great gigs, and he's kind of in a different place, and how he's handling that, how he's managing that, and so. you know love to give him a shout out as well because he's uh, he's handled this uh, extremely well and we're we're very proud
0: yeah I mean that's got to be a difficult thing and I know you and I talked before about what a challenge that would be because getting in that that's a really tough business right Hollywood is not an easy business to be in um and I think that you know you hear about people say well it was hard to get this role or it's hard to get that role and the the whole starving actor or starving actress concept I would almost venture that, you know, getting to a level of success that he's been able to get to uh, has got to be even more difficult because now you're dealing with literally millions of people know who you are and millions of people are looking to you for, you know, inspiration for uh, fandom, whatever. Um, that, that's that got to be a tough thing. Um, talk a little bit about how you uh, have kind of helped him to navigate that as a father. I think that would be an interesting. Uh, thing to hear of how do you, how do you, have you helped him keep his feet on the ground?
1: Well, I think it starts initially with his decision to pursue this. And so as a parent, you want your kids to, um, to follow their passion, follow their heart. And so uh, he had just a little bit of success in some modeling and doing commercials in his teens, but never again was, was pursuing acting. And mm-hmm. so after he graduated, uh, that was a big thing. I wanted him to, to, to finish college. There was those periods during his 20s where he was starting to come out to L.A. and audition. And I look back and the uh, blessing in disguise is he heard a lot of no's during those years. And so that forced him to go back to Florida and finish his degree. And then once he graduated, both his mom and I were like, yeah, why not? No kids, no mortgage. No. You know, why not? But here's the deal. You're on your own. We're not going to supplement you to live in L.A. Yeah. if you are not out there to pursue acting. And so there were some tough times there, Steve, to be honest, where, you know, when you cut a kid off from, you know, that maybe college life uh, or, or just not having the means to pay for things. I wanted that burning desire for him to pursue acting. Right. I didn't want him out there um, just living kind of the California life. And so he did all the jobs you hear of people struggling in Hollywood. He was a bartender. He was a, um, he worked valet parking. He did uh, uh, banquets mm. for Hollywood folks, right? And did all those kind of funky jobs to go on auditions and was getting parts, but just nothing that really was paying the bills. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, there was many times we had conversations where, I think I'm going to move back to Florida, or I think this is just not my deal, but but he still, you know, kept at it, and he was persistent and he was making good impressions. I said, every time you meet someone, just make sure they leave that conversation or that audition saying, Hey, he's a good kid, right? He, he deserves an opportunity. And if you make enough of those good deposits, you may be able to to get a withdrawal down the road. and as the story goes, um, you know, pre-COVID, uh, he landed a lead role on one of Netflix' really low-budget shows at that time. There was no um, thought that this was going to be, you know, the huge success it is. And then, of course, it aired uh, uh, in April of 2020, when every teenager was home, yeah. quarantined and miserable, right? And so the viewership was incredible, and Outer Banks and John B and the whole Outer Banks cast became overnight heroes to, to teens across the world, and it's been a crazy ride ever since, with some up and downs. With you know, obviously, uh, the opportunity to to be on a, a successful show like that, but with all the other sides of it. To your point, you know, he lost his his ability to have privacy. Uh, sure. He's lost yeah. his ability. You know to you know to go out to dinner uh without having you know some type of interaction but it all comes with the territory as they say yeah and all we've done is tried to surround him with just uh family and and support and love uh to to get him through that but like he's he's living the dream
0: well and i think i when you and i talked earlier and i love how you just said that uh make sure that they know that that you're a good kid right and he had tried out for a a part that he didn't get um but then that led to this opportunity down the road for him to be in outer banks and become uh you you know what he's doing right now which uh i I think that's such a valuable thing and that's not to put an idea in someone's head that hey if you're a good kid you're going to become super famous Mm -hmm. but the but that still is the most important thing Right. That regardless of fame or fortune or anything else that you have, making sure that you leave people well, I think is critical. Well, Jeff, we, we are coming up on our time, but I want to ask you one last question. Um, so when you think about personal growth and evolution, one of the things that we talk about a lot on the podcast is that you have to disrupt something in order for you to continue to grow and evolve. Uh, that could be one simple tip. It could be, you know, a, a continual disruption that you have to make. If you were to to give our listeners one thing that you would want them to disrupt in order to spark some evolution in their life, what would it be?
1: I think being a creature of habit, you know, we've talked about being a creature of habit for the good side of things. But I think the number one thing to disrupt is disrupt your disrupt your own routine, right? Try different things. It's very easy for me to get up and go to the gym and do the same thing over and over again because that's been ingrained in my brain. And I still struggle with this, Steve, is where I need to do different things and try different classes and and do different activities. And I don't think you ever stop whether you're in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, 60s, 70s, and on, as Don Wildman is a great example of that, you can yep. do an Ironman in your in your 70s, yep. right? So don't let your brain get in the way of what you can accomplish and disrupt your brain by doing different things, right? Don't be a creature of habit. So if you've created the good habits of healthy living, right, that's a huge accomplishment. But then you're in that category, Don't be a creature of habit and do the same thing over and over again. And so I think that's where I'm at in my my uh, journey is, all right, I got to keep trying different things and I need to uh, do different workouts so that I'm not the creature of habit that I've created over the last, you know, 50 years of my life.
0: Yeah, I love that. Disrupt it, it's great to have those habits, it's great to have the routines, but at the same time, if the habit then becomes a crutch, you gotta create a disruption in order to do something new, spark that evolution. Well, Jeff Stokes, uh, um, what a what a great conversation! Um, and on that folks, or on that note, folks, it is time for us to wrap up another episode of the Evolve Podcast. I want to thank Jeff for coming on today as a guest. Uh, Jeff, where's the best place for people to continue to learn more about what you do, follow you, and and keep up to date with you?
1: Yeah. So as we mentioned earlier, thanks, Steve, is I'm the president of Stride Fitness, uh, one of the 10 boutique fitness franchise brands, part of Expo. And so we're a fast-growing brand uh, popping up all around the country. And uh, you can reach me at Jeff at Run with Stride, or go to stridefitness.com to learn more about Stride Fitness. But just a dynamic workout. It's a treadmill-based interval training concept that also involves cardiovascular and strength training. Um, it, it's not about running. We have a lot of folks that come in just to get a great workout. Uh, and we then have a lot of folks that graduate into our running programs. They might want to try their first 5K, their first 10K, maybe a marathon. So whatever your 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 bucket list is, uh, Stride Fitness is a good entry point for folks that just want to run, walk, interval training, do some strength training to get in better shape. And uh, so that's where you can find me. Uh, As always, I do leadership training and some speaking gigs and uh, podcasts, which I love. Steve, this has been awesome. I think it's uh, just so natural for you and I to connect. And we've got so many uh, connections from the past and great, great memories. Uh, So I'm super glad that uh, things are going well with you. This podcast is awesome. And And yeah, I'm still doing the same thing, right? I'm in the fitness space. I'm leading a brand and uh, really, really passionate about this specific product because I personally do it three, four times a week. Uh, And I do know that whether you're walking or running outdoors, it's so therapeutic. And that's really what Stride Fitness represents. So again, I'm fully aligned. My personal, my professional, and even my individual, you know, focus all kind of, revolves around this uh, healthy living core.
0: Awesome. Well, I think one of the great things for our listeners is that in today's day and age, um, you can come up with excuses not to work out. You can come up with excuses not to be fit, but it's not like you don't have a choice. I mean, there are so many options and these boutiques like Stride are just phenomenal to find your niche, to get started. And like you talked about it, it, you may not want to start out and say, hey, I'm going to run a marathon, but you could start out and get fit by doing some of those workouts. And then who knows what that evolves into. Well, again, Jeff Stokes, thanks for joining us today. And hey, folks, remember that it does take time and consistency to evolve, but first you have to disrupt And now it's time for you to get out there and evolve.